0: Previously on Pockets, Pity and Pockets helped restore order to Yondra. The people wanted to make them king, but neither wanted the crown. Instead, they told the people to rule themselves and to be kinder to one another. Tuga was sentenced to serve the communities he hurt, and the Yondrans were urged to accept and forgive him. After peace had been restored, Pockets learned that Yondra was just over the mountain behind the castle. The next morning, he trekked to the top of the summit and discovered a cave. Once inside, he jumped into his shell and slid down through the mountain, emerging on the other side. There ahead of him was a seaside village. And now for the final episode of The Adventures of Pockets, episode 12, Beyondra. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents The Adventures of Pockets. could hardly contain his excitement. His heart was racing. Thoughts of a reunion with his parents filled his mind. He hoped they'd be as excited to see him. He hoped they'd be proud of all that he'd accomplished. Fixing his hair, he left the giant shell and crabbies at the base of the mountain and started down the wildflower-covered hills towards the village. Up close, the small town was nothing like Yondra. For starters, everyone was human, like him. Men and women worked hard, unloading cages of fish and crab from rickety fishing boats. Seagulls circled the harbor and occasionally dove for fish that slipped free of the cages. Busy footsteps creaked along the wood docks and boardwalk. Sounds of the ocean lapping up against the shore reminded pockets of home. Even the smell of fish brought back memories of his time fishing on Split Rock. This had to be the place, he thought. His parents were here somewhere. With a sense of determination, he marched along the boardwalk toward town. He passed an older gentleman who was sitting at the edge of the dock playing an accordion. The man barely blinked when a big gray pelican swooped down and perched itself on a post next to him. Pocket stopped and stared into the bird's eyes. Instinctively, he thought of the Pelopirates. Pirates, expecting the bird to start ranting about treasure. But then he realized it wasn't wearing pirate clothes, and it certainly didn't look like it had any intention of talking to him. It just tilted its head and squawked. Pockets shook his head and continued on, passing by the lighthouse where a woman was trying to shoo a group of obnoxious sea lions away from her laundry. Pockets chuckled to himself, He remembered doing the same thing to the sea lions back home whenever they tried to steal the fish from their boat. Otis would tell him to keep an eye out for the pesky thieves any time he was taking a turn in the lighthouse tower. Pockets found himself missing home. It didn't matter how excited he was to see his parents. He was tired. He was hungry. He was nervous. It had been a long journey and he still wasn't sure how exactly he would get back to Split Rock hoped his parents would want to come back with him. The boardwalk soon turned into a cobblestone road that wound up a hill between narrow, colorful buildings. Flowers hung from the balconies, and grass grew on the rooftops. There were many more people here, walking from building to building, talking, laughing, and buying from the vendors in the street. Pockets had never seen so many humans gathered in one place. He approached the first person to walk his way, Excuse me, have you... have you seen my parents? The young woman stopped and frowned. Your parents? What are their names? Uh, Um, I'm not sure. The woman looked him up and down, then shook her head. Not sure what you're getting at, boy, but I'm in an awful hurry. Goodbye. And she marched off. A little discouraged... Pocket stopped the next person to walk by. Pardon me, sir, would you happen to know who my parents are? They likely look something like this. He motioned to himself, but the tall bearded man had the same bewildered expression as the woman. Sorry, lad, I don't recognize ya. Whereabouts are you from? Split Rock, but I believe my parents are from here in Beyondra. The man scrunched his face. Beyondra? Split Rock? Are you pulling my leg? Go jest some other poor fellow, lad. I really thought you were in trouble. Shaking his head, he continued down the street. No, wait, I I... Pocket's shoulders slumped. He tried stopping more people, but kept getting the same response. With every person he stopped, he became more and more discouraged. No one had ever heard of Split Rock... No one had ever heard of Beyondra, and no one recognized him. It was hopeless. Just when he was about to give up, he saw it. A man wearing a yellow cape covered in colorful pockets was walking through the crowd up ahead. Pockets' heart jumped in his chest. He could see the man's dark hair bounce as he walked. Dad? Pockets whispered. Dad! He ran towards the man trying to weave through the crowd that had gathered in the plaza market. It wasn't hard to keep sight of him. The yellow cape and colorful pockets stood out easily against the backdrop of the dark, muted clothes of most of the townspeople. Pockets pushed through the market, shouting, Dad! every few seconds. But his voice was easily drowned in the bustling chatter of the crowd. Faster he ran, jumping, ducking and dodging the mob. (coughs) He tripped over a dog and fell hard. "'Watch it!' bellowed a very large man, one who reminded Pockets of the terrible Tuga. "'Sorry, sorry!' Pockets picked himself up and ran as hard as he could, trying to catch up to the caped man. He could see the man's pockets clearly now. They were a colorful patchwork that were identical to Pockets' pajamas. It was undeniable. They were a match! Pockets' heart beat even harder. He was almost to him. The man's brisk pace was undeterred by the mass of people around him. Dad! It's me! Pockets! The man didn't turn around. He marched on, on and on and on and on. Finally, he reached his destination. A little yellow store sandwiched between a bakery and butcher shop. He opened the door and went inside. Pockets skidded to a stop just outside. His heart sank as he scanned the windows. Mannequins wearing yellow clothes covered in patchwork pockets were on display. There were dresses, suits, capes, and pockets gulped. Even onesie pajamas, all yellow, all covered in the same pockets. A wooden sign hung over the door that read, The Pocket Place. A family walked out of the store dressed in new yellow shirts covered in colorful pockets. The kids were taking turns trying to throw a marble into each other's chest pockets. Pocket slowly shuffled up to the store window and peered inside. The place was full of people, shopping for what he thought were one-of-a-kind clothes. Holding back tears, he opened the door and stepped inside. The door jingled as it closed behind him. No one even noticed him enter. He looked like anyone else in the store, only his outfit was far dirtier and five sizes too small. A couple of kids accidentally bumped into him as he tried to make his way to the counter. They were so caught up in the excitement over their new pocketed capes, they didn't even stop to apologize. Pockets' mind was spinning. What did all this mean? was afraid to accept the only answer he could think of. "'Um, excuse me,' he said quietly. "'Yes, dear,' said the cheerful woman at the counter. "'Have you—' Pockets' eyes started to water. "'Do you sell a lot of these?' He pointed to his tattered onesie pyjama. "'They're one of our top sellers. "'People come from all over to buy our pocketed pajamas." Looks like you could use a new pair." Pockets considered his stained outfit with some embarrassment. I suppose so. He looked up at the woman, the tears unmistakable in his eyes. Are you my mother? The woman looked at him for a long moment. I'm sorry, dear. Your mother? No, 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 I'm afraid not. Are you lost? What's your mother's name? Pockets clenched his fists. He'd heard enough. "'I don't know!' The angry words poured out of him like lava. There was no holding it back now. The tears flowed freely. Everyone in the store turned to look at him, but only briefly. Before the woman at the counter could try to console him, an impatient customer at the far end of the counter called out to her. "'We've been waiting!' "'I'm coming, I'm coming. I'll be right back, dear.' But Pockets wasn't going to stick around so that she could tell him what he already knew. His parents weren't here. And even if they were without a name to give, no one could help him. A feeling of despair came over him. He ran out of the store and cried against the brick wall. His shoulders shook as he sobbed. Hi, boy, came a voice behind him. Pockets wiped his eyes and tried to compose himself. Sniffling, he turned around and saw a short, plump man carrying a tray of pastries. He held one out for him. You look like you could use a treat. Wiping his eyes, Pockets took it and immediately started eating. The chocolate-filled croissant was warm in his hand. It felt even warmer in his belly. After a few ravenous bites, it was gone. The man smiled sympathetically and handed him another, which was also eaten as quickly as it was offered. Pockets rummaged through his pockets, feeling for a coin. Instead, he pulled out little pieces of paper. I'm sorry, I had a quarter here somewhere. The man held up a hand. It's all right, boy. I hope they warmed you up some. (sighs) They did, thank you, Pockets sniffed. The man tipped his baker's cap and continued down the street. Pockets slowly slid down the wall onto the ground and sighed. He looked at all the little pieces of paper he pulled out of his pockets. Worthless scraps with letters he'd held onto for no reason other than the fact that they might be useful someday. But now he saw them for what they were. Nothing but trash. A couple of the pieces of paper had landed close to each other, one with the letter Y, the other with the letter E. Pockets tilted his head at them. Yee, he whispered. Ye, His eyes widened. Yee! He fumbled for the other scattered pieces of paper and quickly laid them out. There was an O, an L, another E, a V, and... Pockets felt through his pockets and finally found it in the pocket over his heart. An "I," Arranged on the ground, they spelled, I love ye. These weren't just random scraps of paper he'd put into his pockets and forgotten about. They were a note. A note put there by someone he cared about deeply. Pockets smiled. I love ye too, Otis, he whispered. As he looked over the note in blissful amazement, he noticed a stir in the crowd. A voice was shouting through the streets. Hawkins couldn't make out the words at first. The chatter was too loud. But the voice was getting closer, and he could hear it more clearly now. Where is he? Where's me boy? Where did he see him? Came the words. Where is he? Where's me boy? The crowd was moving. Pockets perked up. Pockets! Pockets! The voice was unmistakable now. Could it be? Pockets jumped to his feet. The crowd parted and the woman he'd first run into was pointing in his direction and leading a plump old sailor towards him. Otis! Pockets cried. Pockets! Pockets! Oh, let's me, boy! The little round man ran over to him and dropped to his knees, the boy in his arms a picture of pockets fell from his grasp as he sobbed into the boy's shoulder i've been looking everywhere for you lad everywhere i'm sorry pockets cried the storm it swept me away and otis pulled back and looked at pockets grinning from ear to ear oh i'm so glad you're okay he turned to the crowd that was watching with quiet fascination my boy's alive i found him Everyone broke into cheers, a celebration sweeter than the victory cheers of Yondra. Otis hugged him again. Oh, I love ye, boy! Pockets squeezed Otis tight. I love ye, too! After the crowd had gone back to their business, Otis took Pockets into the Pocket Place store and bought him a brand new pair of pocketed pajamas that fit. Pockets couldn't believe how comfortable they were. He hadn't realized how tight the other pair was, and the smell. (sighs) Pockets sniffed his new pajamas, fresh cotton. Otis even threw in a pocketed cape to go along with it. Pockets strutted out of the store proudly, exaggerating his movements in his new attire. With the cape flapping behind him, he led Otis out of town to his giant turtle shell. He managed to hold on to this the whole time, Otis said in amazement. The whole time, Pocket said proudly. He looked around, but where are the, where are the what? Pocket scratched his head. The crabbies. Otis's eyebrow raised over his stink eye. What's a crabby? Pocket smiled. Boy, do I have a story for you. Here, help me pull this back to the boat, and I'll tell you all about it. He better! I gotta know how he ended up all the way out here, with the turtle shell no less! They laughed as they dragged the shell down the hill to the docks, where they loaded it onto Otis's humble fishing boat and set sail. During the voyage, Pockets told Otis all about his adventures in Yondra. He told him about the Pelopirates. The Krabbies, Cogtown. He told him about the Gizzards, Bokbok, and Tuga. He reminisced about the sleeping cave giants, Farlin and bogs Deep. When Pockets told him about Petey's reunion with his family, and about his own search for his parents, Otis gave him a sad little smile. Pockets relived the battle at the Pebble Castle and the appearance of the dragon. He talked about the Cog Key, Cogleen and told a few funny stories about his good friend, Petey the Platypus. Otis just chuckled and shook his head through most of it. All he said afterward was, And it was ye pocket trinkets that you used the whole time. Pockets nodded. It was. The only thing I hadn't used was your note. I only barely figured out what it was. Me note? You just now found it? Why, I put those pieces of paper in those pockets months ago. He chuckled. I meant it then, and I mean it now. His laugh faded, and his face grew somber. I'm sorry ye never found your real parents, lad. They never found anyone from that shipwreck. If I'd heard otherwise, I woulda let ye know. Pocket smiled at him. I know. You are my real parent, Otis. I'm lucky to have you. Otis's round bearded face beamed, and I'm lucky to have ye. The sun set over the horizon, highlighting their fishing boat and a view of split rock in the distance. From that day on, Pockets made a point to spend as much time as he could with Otis. They gardened beneath the lighthouse, they fished from the dock, they swam in the ocean, they cooked together made trinkets, and even made a yellow coat of Pockets for Otis to wear. They had sleepovers in the shell on the beach and stayed up late telling stories. Otis continued to teach the boy all that he knew from his sailing days, and Pockets taught Otis all he'd learned from his Yondra days. The two were closer than ever. Life was good. Life was full. Pockets was grateful to be home on Split Rock. Even so... There were evenings he gazed out to sea and wished to see his yonderin friends again. Would he ever be able to find yonder again even if he tried, he wondered. Months later, on a beautiful summer day, while Pocket sat fishing on the dock, he noticed a gold coin wash up on shore. He held it up in the sunlight. There was something familiar about its curious engravings. It was smudged and stained from seaweed, but unless Pockets' eyes were playing tricks on him, he could make out the image of a castle and the word Yondra above it. The hair on the back of his neck stood up. He smiled and dropped the coin into one of his pockets. Tossing his fishing pole aside, he ran up and down the beaches of the island, looking for more Yondran treasure that might have washed ashore. He was scrambling around the rocky part of the island... When he saw it, a peli pirate ship. Pelicans dressed like pirates were resting on deck. "Oi!" Pocket shouted, running up to them. The biggest of the pelicans flew down in front of him. It wore a three-pointed captain's hat covered in feathers, and there was a zigzag sword sheathed in a thick belt around its waist. "Big mouth," Pocket said in surprise. "'Well, hardy hoo har if it isn't the hero of Yandra,' Big Mouth said with a mocking bow. "'How do you like me new ship?' Pockets looked over the beautifully crafted pirate ship. "'Impressive. Impressive. Spectacular is more like it, and it's all thanks to ye it is. Them giants built it for us in return for a small cut of our loot.' This boat holds nearly a dozen treasure scoops, it does. Pockets chuckled. Glad to hear it. He looked around the island to see if there were any other yonderings he had noticed. I hate to disappoint you, but I'm not sure you're going to find much treasure around here. That's not why we're here, lad. We were just bringing someone here to see ya. Pockets lit up. Me? Where? Big Mouth laughed. That way, lad! Off ye go! Pockets ran up the grassy hill, past the lighthouse, around the gardens, and down to the opposite beach where he skidded to a stop next to his giant turtle shell. Catching his breath, he stepped inside. There, lying in the hammock, was a platypus. Good times we had, eh? Petey said with a goofy smirk. You know... It's much more relaxing in here when I don't have to worry about an egg. Pockets laughed and ran over to give his friend a big hug. Told you I'd come visit, Petey said. Boy, am I glad you did. Petey's expression turned serious and he started looking around the room. Say, you haven't seen an egg rolling around in here, have you? Pockets' mouth dropped. An egg? You have to be kidding me! Not another one! Petey burst into laughter. ha! <laughs> gotcha! Oh, you little... The platypus and the boy wrestled and played in the shell, laughing and shouting. With every thud against the wall, the shell slid a little bit closer to the waves. Pretty soon, it had slid all the way into the water with a splash. Pockets and Petey poked their heads out and looked around in surprise. Then they slowly turned to each other and smiled. Back at the lighthouse, Otis sat looking over Pockets' drawings of Yandra, scratching his head. He jumped up as something big flew down outside the window. Oi! Stepping outside, he found a large pelican dressed as a... pirate? Otis looked Big Mouth up and down wide-eyed. Big Mouth dropped a note at his feet and then with a loud squawk flew away. Otis picked up the note and read it. I'll be back soon. Love, Pockets. Pocketeers I hope you enjoyed that finale I've loved the adventures of pockets oh man you know what that little trip to Yondra and back I want to go to Yandra, and I want to get me a PD I want a friend named PD and I want him to be a platypus okay oh that was a fun story I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did so fun I want to give a shout-out to my mom, Roxanne Webb. My mom and I talked a lot about this ending. We kind of went back and forth. There were some changes made, and I think it's better for it. Mom, I love you. Thank you so much for your help, as always, editing these stories. And thank you, Jeremy, from harmoniousideas.com for helping edit the audio. You know, I want to take a second here to talk to my kids Anytime I'm going to share some kind of lesson or message, I'm always hoping that at some point, you know, when my kids listen to the story, they're hearing these messages. My oldest, Aurora, does listen. So Aurora, I love you. I know you're going to hear this lesson and Cohen too, but Sawyer and Eloise aren't old enough yet. And so these stories are, are mainly for them and they started out that way. And obviously, Rocketeers, these are for you too, but I hope that you take something from these stories. And Aurora, Cohen, Sawyer, Eloise, when you listen to this story, I want you to think about a couple things when you think about the story of Pockets. First of all, Pockets had a little bit of a temper. Pockets could get mad kind of easily, and it took a little while for him to sort of learn how to control that. And he wasn't perfect by the end. You know, he could still snap, but he'd improved. And that's something that takes practice. You know, there are things about ourselves that... We could always improve, and it takes some time. It takes patience with yourself, and Pockets got better, got better at that. That's one thing that I loved about Pockets, but the main thing that I loved is how Pockets embraced the fact that Otis was his family, right? And he bounced back from that disappointment, and maybe what could have felt like a failure a little bit. To me, what's amazing is how the people we care most about become our family. The Webb family, we've moved around a lot And it hasn't always been easy. And we've been away from family most of the time. And because of that, we've had to pull together and strengthen our little family unit. And we were closer because of it. But we also learned to make those around us family our neighbors, close friends. What's so amazing is I think about some of these places we lived, our time in Texas when we moved to Utah. And now we're in Colorado. But anytime a lot of those moves, we had this sweet older woman living next to us that ultimately became our grandma and just incredible women, incredible neighbors and friends that also became family to us in a lot of ways and just influenced us and our kids in awesome, memorable ways. And I'm just so grateful for it. And to me, it was such a powerful lesson moving around, meeting these incredible people that embraced us like their own family. In fact, I remember Miss Ellie in Texas. She's not going to be listening to this story, but she, when we lived in New Braunfels, we moved into this little rental, and Miss Ellie, older woman, amazing, dressed in these cute moo-moos, and she just embraced us. And we met her, and she, at the time, we only had Aurora and Cohen, and she just instantly became like our grandma and invited us to her family's Thanksgiving dinner and we met her family and like she'd probably known us for two days. Anyway, we got really close to her. We still write her letters and there's so many other people like this that we felt close to. And I just wanna remind you, Aurora Cohen, Sawyer Eloise, and the rest of you Rocketeers, that we need to treat everybody like family. We need to love everybody around us and and lift them up and and invite them into our homes, break bread together and Really, it is just to get cheesy for a second. We're all just one big family here on planet Earth, and life is so full and so incredible when we do treat each other like family, despite our differences and despite our shortcomings. Just to, just to really embrace that. And I love that Pockets did that at the end. You know, he's pretty bummed he didn't find his real mom and dad, but he realized, man, Otis has loved me and taken such good care of me. Like he's my parent. He's he's my family. And he missed him, you know, like throughout the story, he has those flashbacks of all the stuff Otis had taught him. Otis was kind of this cool, resourceful sailor dude, and those memories kind of helped carry pockets through those difficult challenges of yandre So, hopefully, Aurora, Cohen, Sawyer, Eloise, you have good memories of mom and dad. Uh, we haven't screwed you up completely, but that some of those good memories hopefully the good memories outweigh any uh negative memories you have of us that's always my goals i hope uh, i hope they have a lot of good memories of us but i hope those memories and anything that we've taught you ideally by example carries you through life and through challenges that you have anyway i love you guys love you rocketeers appreciate your family and make those around you part of your family love them lift them up I'm gonna take a second to read an Apple review. And I honestly just opened this up, but it it really fits perfectly to what I was just saying, interestingly enough. Wow, this is amazing. So this was just posted. It says the best thing that ever happened. Five stars. Your podcast is the best, and I love it. Not only does it help me fall asleep at night, but encourages me to be a good person. In one of the Space Train episodes, Lydia helps Fusick with her bags, but there are many more good demonstrations for showing that doing something little can make a big change to the world. Sadie, age nine, love your podcast. Oh, Thank you so much, Sadie. That means a ton to me. I really appreciate that. Sadie, Rocketeers, you're amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being good kids. At the end of the day, for being good examples to those around you in a world where it's not always easy to make the right choice and be a good example. So thank you so much for being strong and standing up for good things. I want to thank the patrons on Patreon who have been helping support the podcast. Thank you so much for your generosity. Any Rocketeers out there that want to help support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast, and you can help support the show there. Thank you so much. Until next time, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb.